Hey, it's so good to welcome you to Fields Church Online, and we are so pleased that you've tuned in for this message. No matter what's going on in your world right now, we pray that you come away feeling encouraged by this message. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, band. Thank you. Lord, we come to you right now and we open our hearts to you. We are ready to receive your word, impartation of your word through the Spirit. Thank you, Lord, that we have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to us right now. Thank you, Lord. Pastor Richard, can I have you? Thank you. Good morning, church. How are we? You all right? Let's give someone a high five next to you and say hi. Good to see you today. Good to see you today. Give me a high five. <laughs> well, we're really blessed to have um, uh, David and Leslie Bloomfield all the way from Northamptonshire, I believe. They live in Northamptonshire. Who came further than that to church today? Oh, so they've come the furthest, I think. And what we'd like to do is invite them up, if you'd like to come up, David and Leslie. They're good friends of Andrew. I hear that they ran a youth group, and Andrew was one of the members of the youth group. <laughs> it was probably only about 10 or 15 years ago that... Oh, was it 20 years ago? That's it. So they're long-standing friends of... Come to the front here. You go stand with, um, with Leslie. And we're going to pray for them and we're going to pray for us as a congregation. Father God, we thank you for family. These precious people have served in ministry for many, many years as pastors, as leaders, encouraging the body of Christ both here and America. And Father, I thank you for David and Leslie that they've searched the scriptures, Father, to bring a word to us today. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you would come and minister to every heart. I pray for open ears and open hearts so that the Holy Spirit can speak to us. And we give you thanks, Father, for your word. Your word says that you honor your word above your name and that your word will go forth with power this morning, setting hearts and captives free. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning, everyone. It's an absolute delight for Leslie and I to be here this morning. And we're so grateful to your pastors, uh, Richard and Esther, for inviting us. And uh, for Andrew for putting us up, or what it put up with us. I can't quite. But anyway, it's a delight to be here. It's wonderful. And we are so privileged to be able to share something of the Word of God this morning. The Bible talks about the Word of God bringing the breath of God. So I just pray that God will breathe upon each one of us this morning. And we're going to share, which you wonder why Leslie's loitering there, just to keep an eye on me. No, she's going to be <laughs> sharing the word in, in just a few minutes. But uh, you know, can I just say a, a quick prayer for us all this morning? Because I was just thinking about afresh of what we're doing when we come together. And you know, it really is all about Jesus. The fact is, without Jesus, we do not have a message. He is the message. So, Lord, this morning we pray that as we 
share what we believe was put on our heart, that you would anoint your word, anoint our speaker, but also, Lord, anoint the ears of all who would hear that we would know something of you, Lord Jesus. May we know the breath of your Father God. And I pray that, Lord, it will change us and light the fire within our hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm just going to read a scripture. We're going to, uh, if you've got your Bibles, turn to the book of Jeremiah, which is in there somewhere, believe it or not. There it is, up on the screen. And it's Jeremiah, and it's chapter 18. And I'm just going to work, uh, read the first six, uh, six verses. And we're going to talk about the potter and the clay this morning. Amen. Jeremiah 18, verses 1 to 6. And it says this, The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, Arise, get up, in other words, and go down to the potter's house, and there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working at the wheel. And the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand. And he reworked it into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to do. Then the word of the Lord came to me, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter has done, declares the Lord. Behold, like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. May God bless his word to us this morning. And that's going to be on the screen throughout the time that we're speaking together this morning. Good morning. morning. It's so lovely to see your beautiful faces. And I'm glad to see you smiling because there's joy in the presence of God, isn't there? There's joy in the house of the Lord. I just want to bring some thoughts that God has really impressed on my heart when we were... We've actually been studying the book of Jeremiah for quite a time, haven't we? And uh, I had all my words prepared quite a while ahead. And we were out in the car one day and we were talking and walking. Actually, not walking in the car, but, you know, we got out of the car and walked. (laughs) We were walking and talking, as we normally do, about the word... And I was sharing with David some of my thoughts, and he said, I think you need to share those when we go down to Ipswich. And I had the whole thing written out. I had the PowerPoint all done. And I said, I'm just going to pray about that, David. I'm going to pray about that. But as I prayed, I really sensed the Holy Spirit say, yeah, that's the word that I want you to bring. So I just pray that you'll be blessed as I share what God has put on my heart. So uh, God formed a likeness of himself from a lump of clay, and he breathed life into it. And then he fashioned a companion and placed them center stage in his creation where there was a temptation and a fall. And the man and the woman hid, and God searched for the hiding couple. And reaching down, he picked them up. And down through the ages, he searched for their children, and their children's children. And the stories of his search are written down for us. And Jeremiah tells such a story. False prophets had risen up telling the people 
what they wanted to hear rather than the truth of God. Sounds a bit familiar, doesn't it? And in our reading, we see Jeremiah attentive and responsive to God's voice. And that's what he's looking for from his people. Attentive and responsive. Ready for the mission that Jeremiah had been given. Ready for the mission that we have been given. Attentive and responsive. God wanted to the people to know that he was working silently and unseen yet eternally and most surely in their lives and in their history. He wanted them to see the continuity between what he had done in the past and what he was doing in the here and now. How could he bring them into his glorious purpose in the here and now? How could he get their attention? Get up on your feet, Jeremiah, and go down to the potter's house. And when you get there, I'll tell you what I have to say. So in 7th century Israel, Jeremiah knew exactly where the potter's house was. The potter's house was a fixture in every community, village, and town. And the work of these artists and these craftsmen was necessary for the maintenance of their everyday lives. But a potter, the potter's house, why? Why would God choose to speak to his people through a potter? A man once asked a rabbi, why did God speak to Moses in a a common thorn bush? For he thought that God should have spoken with this great peal of thunder from a, a lofty, grandiose mountain. The rabbi answered, to teach you that there is no place on earth where God's glory is not. Not even in a humble, common thorn bush. So Jeremiah went to the potter's house, and sure enough, the potter was there, working at his wheel. And Jeremiah watched. God often spoke to his people, didn't he? through metaphor, shaping their imagination and getting them to think, what is God wanting to say to me through this? What is God wanting to say through a valley of dry bones, through these baskets of figs, through these wheels in midair? What is God wanting to say to me through vineyards and trees and pottery? And God would often ask the question, Son of man, what do you see? And he asks that question still. Son of man, what do you see? Fast forward a few hundred years and we see Jesus doing the same thing. Look at the birds. Consider the flowers. He's talked about lost coins. He talked about yeast and seeds and lamps. He spoke those things to reveal truth to those who were willing to listen and who would consider the words that he spoke. And he speaks to us, doesn't he, in the same way today. We've touched on that a little bit this morning. He speaks to us today in the same way, waking us to the reality of God that permeates everything around us, showing us what our lives look like from the inside out, 
He opens these windows, inviting us to look, just not at the window itself, but to see what lies beyond. A poet by the name of Christina Rossetti wrote this, Earth's crammed with heaven, and every common bush afire with God, but only he who sees takes off his shoes. I love to journal, and uh, this is one of my old journals here, one of my past journals. And uh, we have a very precious little granddaughter called Abigail. And uh, this little story goes back to the time when Abigail was just a small child, a little child. And uh, Mom has obviously got her ready for bed. And uh, she came back into Abigail's bedroom, and she could see that she'd obviously gone to the airing cupboard took out a lot of the towels and laid them all on her bedroom floor. So Lucy said, Abby, what are you doing? Why are all these towels on the floor? So Abby's reply is, well, they're beds for Jesus and his disciples because I invited them for a sleepover. Isn't that precious? And you know, like you, I did laugh. I really had to chuckle. But you know, suddenly the Holy Spirit began to talk to me about that, and I journaled it. I, got up, I went upstairs, got my journal, and I began to write what I felt the Holy Spirit was saying to me through that picture of a small child inviting Jesus and his disciples over for a sleepover. And this is what he said to me. Do I give Jesus... Such warm, no strings attached, love you to be here, invites? Are all the invites that I give to Jesus because I'm wanting to receive something from him, because I have an issue, because I have a need, because I need to talk to him about something, I want him to do something for me? Do I ever just say, come for sleepover? (laughs) No strings attached here, nothing more then I just want to sit at your feet like Mary and just listen to what you want to say to me and actually just to bask in your presence, just to know you, just to know that beautiful aroma of your presence. So the delight of a small child in preparing a place for Christ to visit. That's the question, what kind of place do I prepare for him? In Matthew 4.4, we hear these words from Jesus. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Literally means every word that is proceeding. It's ongoing. It's current and it's ongoing. The message words from God's mouth. Bread sustains me, but it's not what's going to give me life. It's that steady stream. I love that. God is always speaking. It's that steady stream of God's word. So then these words that God speaks continuously that are forever proceeding from his mouth are crucial to our lives. And I want to unpack that just a little bit further. We see in Isaiah 55 verses 10 and 11 these beautiful words. And I'm going to read it again from the message version. Just as rain and snow 
descend from the skies and don't go back until they've watered the earth, doing their work of making things grow and blossom, producing seed for farmers and food for the hungry, so will the words that come out of my mouth not come back empty-handed. They'll do the work I sent them to do. Can I hear a hallelujah? You won't frighten me. You can stand on your seat and yell hallelujah. You won't frighten me. I've seen it before. <laughs> They'll complete the assignment that I gave them. They are amazing words, aren't they? My goodness. But let's look deeper into this analogy. It compares the rain and the snow. We had plenty of that yesterday, didn't we? Falling from the sky to the word that goes out of God's mouth. So what happens, and I, I googled this plenty, so I had a complete understanding of what happens when rain and snow fall to the earth. You know, Google was great. It, it was very comprehensive, but I'm going to praise it. It trickles, or like yesterday, it pours into pools, streams, and lakes, and eventually into the ocean itself. It falls onto sun-baked, parched ground, and unborn seeds begin to sprout. It nourishes plant life, flowers, and trees, and it purifies the air we breathe. If you bite into a peach, there is something of the winter snow and the spring rain in the juice. Beautiful, isn't it? These verses in Isaiah are saying that like rain and snow, God's word permeates the earth. His word is forever coming down and permeating the earth. We find traces of it everywhere. And everywhere we look, yeah, there are traces of his word. And just as that rain and snow do not evaporate back into the atmosphere without first accomplishing their purpose on earth, so God's words do not return to him without accomplishing the purpose for which they were sent. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yeah, shout it out. This is good news for us. Be encouraged if you have received a word that you know for sure, for sure is from God, but you're still waiting for it to be fulfilled. Hallelujah. The fulfillment will be just an echo of God's original yes. Hey. You know, like David said often in his psalm, Selah, think about that. Meditate on that. Chew that one over. God spoke, to the, sorry, God spoke to Jeremiah through the potter and his work on the wheel. He showed his prophet a window and he invited him to see what lay beyond. God speaks to us, doesn't he, through the many things or events we see or encounter in our daily lives. God speaks to us, doesn't he, through the Logos word. You know, sometimes we're reading this word, and we might have read a verse a million times over, but suddenly it jumps off the page, it becomes our rhema word, that spoken word of God, it's our word, it's our now word. He takes the potential of the logos, and he makes it an actual word to us, his rhema word to our heart and our spirit, yeah? So God speaks to us in many ways, but he's always speaking always speaking. We just need to listen and to watch, to see, and to hear what he's saying. 
And don't we feel that tapping on our shoulders sometimes, urging us to stop and look and listen to what God might be saying through them? And sometimes those words come unexpectedly, and sometimes they're spoken by the unlikeliest of people, and sometimes in the most uncommon of ways. What we see, what we hear, may amaze us or delight us. It may cause us to fall on our knees or to jump for joy. But however God's words come, let's receive them and take hold of them. Amen. I just want to add to Leslie's word there. This is not scheduled, it's not in the notes. But um, some time ago when I was working for Tier Fund, I made a journey to Zambia to look at the aid and development work that Tier Fund does there. And uh, I came across this, well, we came across to look at a project where they were digging uh, wells into the ground to find fresh water deep down. And they employed the local um, work people to do that. They all the machinery, they dug the holes and they they uh, found fresh water and so they put a well on the top and they built uh, a cement surround so that it would collect any spilt water with a little ridge around it so they didn't lose too much but there was just a little overflow of water into, into the ground and it really fed a number of villages and, and lots of people with fresh water for the first time in their lives, Revolution Day life. But you know what happened? After a few uh, months the overflow which went down that small little channel into the ground started to produce seed they did not know was there. To cut a long story short, in the fullness of time, it began to grow banana plants. Which not only gave them food, it gave them a living because they, they, they had so much of them they began to sell it at the local market. Nobody knew it was there. They just dug for the water. What a, a wonderful illustration that is of what Leslie's been talking. I'm so grateful for it this morning. Amen. Amen. Well, Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah, he was quite a character. He was feisty. He was passionate. He was deadly focused on what God had put before him. He was quick to express his frustration. He was that kind of character. And there's much we don't know about his bringing, uh, upbringing and his, li- his life, but there's one thing that we do know, and that is that he developed amazing endurance throughout his whole life. Often the people were antagonistic. They were apathetic. They threatened his life from time to time. So he saw everything. He saw the excitement of spiritual awakening, but also the sorrow of a return to idolatry. And I've thought about this. I wonder what what, he responded to it all by continuing God's message with that same passion. He felt the love of God for the people, even though they took no notice at all from many years, and they rejected God's love. Even when that feisty character became angry and said to God, I'm giving up. He never did. So why didn't he do that? Foundation of such endurance and a continual willingness to hear and obey the voice of God. What I want to suggest it was this. It was the very 
first words, it was surely to be found in the very first words that God ever spoke to Jeremiah. And if you've got your Bibles, please turn to it. It will not be on the screen. So it's Jeremiah chapter 1, right at the beginning of the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1, verse 5. And God said this. I want you to think about this hard. <laughs> Jeremiah 1, 5. He says this, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. Words so weighty, but words he carried in his heart for all of his life and through his ministry. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Think about that. These words represented an amazing calling, understatement, an amazing calling, which take your breath away. They change your life, change your whole perspective when you think about it. And we need the revelation of God, not just that information, but we need the revelation of God through the Holy Spirit to our hearts and our minds when we think about that. And we have to know they carry the weight of the God of the universe who tells us my thoughts in Isaiah chapter 55, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways. Have you ever wondered how big the universe is? Who knows how big it is? I don't. But I came across a, a, just a sentence in a book that my son left, uh, just, uh, Daniel, lent to me, where they asked a scientist, how would you explain what the, how big the universe is and he says well the best I can come up with is this supposing we could take every grain of sand from every beach in the whole planet and bring it together and imagine each grain of sand is a planet put a thousand kilometers between each grain of sand and each planet and he said we're getting somewhere and it's the best I can explain it and our God is the God of that so why should we doubt why should we panic? Why should we disbelieve that God is able to do all things? Before Jeremiah knew God, God knew him. And so it is. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> so it is for each one of us. It turns everything around, surely. We ever thought about God before it ever crossed our mind that God might be important to us. He knew us, and it was important to him. My thoughts are not your thoughts. He singled us out as being important enough. He knew us before our first breath. And so... Friends, no longer do we need to search who we are for to who we are and our identity. We no, we no need to, to anymore seekly, uh, anxiously seek. God has got my heart this morning. I can't get the words out. I'm going to say it all again. No longer do we need to search for our identity as to who we are as people. No longer do we need to anxiously seek the answers to life and what's it all about. But rather we come to God who knows us. 
He reveals the truth of our lives to us, of who we are. And friends, in the time that we're living in, right now in our culture, let us encourage one another with that truth. God knows who we are, so we, know, we, know, we can now know who we are. Let us tell our children. Let us tell our grandchildren. We're not a random accumulation of cells. We are formed and we are shaped by the skillful hands of Almighty God. That's the truth. Yeah, come on. I love that. Hallelujah. God says, before you saw the light of day, I had holy plans for you. He had holy plans for Jeremiah. He consecrated and set him apart. And so it is for you and I. It means that we are chosen out of that stream of what just happens to come along day by day for something very important that God is doing. God is in the business of rescuing, setting free, of blessing, of providing. God is judging. God is healing, enlightening. And God is in continuous and active battle for all the wrong we see in our world when we turn our TV sets on. The cruelty, the unhappiness, the sickness and illness, the superstition, the ignorance, the pain. He is for life and against death. He is for love and for hope and against despair. There really is no neutral ground in our world. All of it is contested. And Jeremiah, before he was born, he was enlisted to God's side as a combatant, combatant on God's side, and so are we. We talked a little bit about that. Didn't we sing earlier on, there's a, an army rising to set the captive free, isn't there, to break the chains? We're enlisted to win our world with his love alongside him. We're in a battle. Whether you like it or not, and whether we realize it or not, we are enlisted for that battle. A battle which will only be won by the move of God's Holy Spirit, not by mind, not by power, but by my spirit, said the Lord. You know, we can have the best building, we can improve our worship, we can improve our literature and our website, we can do all of these things, but really deep down, guess what? We need the move of God in our hearts and minds, don't we? Will you say amen to that? We can be as good as ever, you know, if we can be in the natural, but actually we need that Holy Spirit within us, changing us. The life of God in us. I don't know if you remember this, if you're old enough, but Christians used to use, call each other saints. Do you remember that? Hello, saints. I could say that to you now. You're all saints. Hello, saints. Actually, the Northampton rugby team is called that, and they sing the songs... Or when the saints come marching in every time, it's amazing. <laughs> but the word of saint didn't necessarily refer to, the, refer to the quality or the virtue of what they did. It was rather the kind of life to which they'd been chosen. It was a mark of whose side they were on. And interestingly, you know, that word itself, saints, is related to the verb consecrated. Isn't that something? Before we were born, he chose us. He chose us for his side. He set us apart. We're enlisted. 
And then he said this, I appointed you a prophet to the nations. As if God is saying, this is what I had in mind for you before you were born. This is a calling, it's a divine appointment. Which has within it this, a, a sense of being given away, given away. Just as Jesus was given to the world. God is a giver. He's generous and lavish in his giving. He did it with his only son, his one and only son. He gave him away to the world. John 3.16, which we probably all know, tells us this, that this is how much he loved the world. He gave his only son. That none should be lost. That by believing in him, anyone can have eternal life. Giving is what we do best as a people. It's the action, really, which I think was designed into us before we were ever born. It's part of who we are. And when we come to him, he gives us away to our family. He gives us to our neighbors. He gives us to our friends. He gives us even to our enemies. To the nations. It's who we become and what we do. We're followers of Jesus. We are known. We are chosen. And we're given away. Think about that. What a calling we have. One which Jeremiah couldn't lay down whatever happened to him. He couldn't just lay it down. He couldn't. He would say to God, I've had enough. You're not with me anyway. But I can't give it away. It's the calling which laid upon his heart forever. And surely when we receive a word like that, it's no small thing. The God of the universe speaking to us. And so to our scripture in chapter 18. The call comes to Jeremiah. And Leslie shared earlier that God was surely waiting to present a new message for the people. One which would get them to take him seriously. To see that he is working silently but surely in all of their lives. So he said, get down to the potter's house. And when you get there, I will tell you what I have to say. And so it's exactly what Jeremiah found when he turned up at the potter's house. There was the potter. Jeremiah's imagination went to work as he watched that potter with a lump of clay upon the wheel. And on this day, though, he sees something he'd never seen before. Something life and message changing. And here comes the word of God to him specifically changes what he'd never seen before. He seeks God at work, making a people for his glory, created in his image, each one with a special shape, an extra, a, a, a different character dif distinct from any other, each lump of clay shaped for purpose in safe and skillful hands of the potter, uniquely designed, fashioned for eternal purpose, He'd never seen it before. But then something unexpected happened. The pot was spoiled. That vessel became misshapen. Jeremiah knew all about spoiled vessels. He rubbed shoulders every day with men and women with impurities in their life, blemishes that resist the hand of their creator. Vessels not able to hold that for which they were created. There was sin. There was rebellion. 
that was just wandering from the truth. So this startling image came before Jeremiah. So what now? What, what would the potter do? Would the potter discard and throw that clay away? No, he simply starts over once again, using the same clay to make a fresh and a new pot. His creative work begins all over again, kneading, pressing, pushing, and pulling. We feel some of that, don't we, when God is at work in our lives? God kneading and pressing, shaping, patiently, skillfully, not giving up on the clay, never throwing away what has been spoiled. And then he says this, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter has done? This is the new message for Jeremiah. Can I, do that? Can I not do that? Behold, like the clay in the potter's hand, so you are in my hand, O house of Israel. And as he continues in the scripture, you'll, you'll see if you look it up further than what we have even on our screen, he gives a message of both hope and a warning. If the people repent of their wicked ways, I will start all over again and reshape them. If they refuse to listen, I will think again and give up on the plans I had for them. It's according to the hands of our potter. If the people repent of their wicked ways, I will start over. But if not, they would be the ones to miss out on the plan I have for them since that I knew them before they were born. As I was thinking about that, I thought maybe perhaps the saddest thing we see is when we feel that we're stuck with the lives just as they are. We simply have to put up with it and take what comes our way. Make the best of what there is. What's the point? Let's just carry on in just the way it's always been. But the thing is that the reason that his effectiveness of his message came in that he experienced it, Jeremiah experienced it before he preached it. He carried God's word to him before I shaped you in the womb. I knew all about you. I have commissioned you. He knew that God shaped him. God shaped him throughout his whole life and ministry. And he carried that message throughout his life. The Hebrew word shaped is an interesting one. Just bear with me in this. It's a neat word. It's yatzar, Y-A-T-Z-A-R. That's the Hebrew word for shaped. That's the, what the potter was doing. He's shaping it. He's yatzaring it. And as Jeremiah is prepared to set an image before the people by which they could understand themselves in relation to their God, he stands in the house of the potter, a similar, one-letter different Hebrew word, yatzar. Yotzar is the one who creates. When God shapes, he yotzars you. But that was the familiar word that the people of the time would understand fully. A new revelation of what was happening or what God could do. That be yotzard for God. <laughs> In fact, God was the one who creates them. The word by which Jeremiah first learned and understood his own life, in other words, Yatzar, is the word now used to let the people understand their own lives. 
God shaped Jeremiah, God is shaping the people. God is the potter, we are the clay. Jeremiah is preaching what he experienced himself. And the truth that God shapes each one of us means that everything in our lives becomes then connected and makes sense. We're shaped in creation. We're shaped in our salvation, in the walk of our salvation. God's shaping hand on, on us and the shape of my life. God is for us and has been from the beginning. I knew when we, I started to prepare this that I knew that somebody here this morning needed to know this morning that God is for you. God is for you. It's an amazing thing, isn't it? Through all the trial and tribulation, even, even all the setbacks that we have in our life, as, even as Christians, God is for us and works everything together for our good according to his purposes in our lives. It's an amazing thought. We need to know that God is for us and has been from the very beginning. And so today our message comes with an invitation. An invitation which Leslie and I received freshly a couple of years ago. And it was this, to know God as never before. Setting aside what we already know to receive fresh. God wants us to know him as never before. Not just the information, but to dig deeper into his word. Learn of his ways. The ways of God. Not just to look for the miracles. Oh, we need those, don't we? And we love those. But what, when we look deep, we find what the way of God is for us. Discover who we were created to be in all its fullness. To see how God speaks to us each day through the things that are around us. To have a relationship with a God whose word permeates the earth. So that everywhere we look, there are traces of his word for us to discover. As Leslie has shared this morning. Leslie is a character is much better at that than I am. In our early holidays, we lived, used to love to go to the lake to take our boys who were, you know, they're up here now. But <laughs> and Leslie would be the one with the boys, and I would, I'd, I'd be the, uh, the path director. We're going this way, and I would have a map in my hand like this. I love maps. Who loves maps? I love them. And I'm walking like this, and I think we go left here, and we go right here. And after a couple of miles of getting lost, <laughs> they would just say, why don't we just walk and look at the... And look at the surrounding countryside. Did you see that waterfall? Oh, no, I didn't see that. I just wanted to get from here to over there. And we can be like that, can't we? In our life, God gives us direction. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We can say, that way is our way to get things on come across our path, and we see things we've never seen before. And that's where we learn. We don't have to go to university to learn the things of God. Aren't you pleased about that? <laughs> I am, for one. That's our journey of life. Everywhere we're looking, we can see something of God in our lives. It's wonderful. He knew us before we ever knew him. Before we were born and took our first breath, he shaped us. He set us apart to have a great part to play in his great 
plan for our world and for his people. And a, a, a part to play in what he's doing in the world. We are known. We are chosen. We're, we are his gift to the world as we enter the abundant life of Jesus and what he's called us to do and to be. Isn't that wonderful? I'm going to close with that, but I, I do want to invite you as we close just to spend a few minutes responding to that message within your heart. Well, we, actually, we're going to play a song that sound guys know what we're going to play. It's the Potter's Hand. It's the, the Hillsong song, and it's a wonderful song, but it sums up what we've been talking about this morning. And it may be that you're hearing that for the first time, how God has chosen you with such a calling before you were born. Perhaps you didn't know that. But something's come on your heart this morning, and you think, yeah, that makes absolute sense to me now. What, that's exactly what I've been looking for. Maybe you knew that before, but you've neglected it. You've kind of laid it down in life, and you've forgotten the call. But this morning, you know deep down that your life's been lost. It's, it's lost its shape. You've lost sight of that calling for your life. Do you have a sense of calling from God in your life? It makes all the difference to everything that we do. Maybe you've, caught, you've experienced that, but you've laid it down in some way or other, and you want to a fresh commitment in your life to him. Become the person he has called you to be. And I wonder if we, as we just, we're just going to listen to that song, if you would, and the, the words, are, some of the words will come up, I think. And if you know it, then please sing it. It shows you're as old as we are. <laughs> will you allow him, though, as you listen, to shape him, perhaps reshape you? And as, it's, as that song is playing, if your heart is really stirred, I'd love to pray with you. Leslie and I would love to just take a few minutes just to pray with you and encourage you in that. So I just encourage you, if that's the case, just to come forward and we'll pray with you. And that will be a blessing to God. It will stir the heart of God and stir your heart too. So can we play that? Just thank you, David and Leslie. We have um, a prayer team as well that will come up. If you can play something in the background for me, Sabian, that's great. So if you need prayer for anything this morning, we'll have a prayer team here with their, their lanyards on. They can pray for you. Or you want David and Leslie to pray for you, uh, please do that. Don't leave this place. And you know, there's something about the potter's hand. Do we allow him to mold us and shape us the way he wants to shape us? You know, with the potter, Without the water, without the Holy Spirit, he can't make that kind of shape that he needs to shape us into. Maybe your lives have been shaped by something else or somebody else. You need to break free from that and just allow the potter, the true potter, to shape you and mold you and make you. Father God, we thank you as we close this service now. Thank you that your angels would encamp out about us and, and be with us until we can meet again. In Jesus' name we pray. There'll be time for fellowship. There'll be tea and coffee afterwards. Please stay for that. We'd like to get to chat to you. If you'd like to speak to David and Leslie, please come up and they'll pray with you and talk with you. Bless you as you go. Oh, yes. Lastly, we have a, a basket at the back. If you'd like to give, 
just something for their expenses. Uh, there's a, a grey basket all on its own. It says guest speaker. If you'd like to give an offering to, then that would be great. Or if you're writing a check out, I don't know if we do that these days, make it out to Fields Church and we'll make sure that they get the finance so that they can uh, buy some petrol on the way home, hopefully. <laughs> Bless you guys. We'll see you soon.